We weren't recording audio. That's all right. Now we're recording audio. I want to make sure the cameras are getting us. Everybody uh, didn't have to hear my sibilis and one <laughs> Can you move this way just a smidge? Yeah, of course. See the camera right there? Hey, guys. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hey, don't shit. Man, all of the things that I thought was going to go wrong, it's 17 seconds in and it's already going wrong. Table shaking. You're out of focus. Actually, I think we're in focus now. Right, right. Uh, looks oh, like, there it is. There's the other thing. My phone is uh, making the thing go the static. Yeah. Hey, cheers, Radio buddy. waves. Cheers. Good morning. Good morning to you, cheers sir. Cheers good morning. We're going to... So, all right, right away. This, that's smoke, man. That is... So, you know I like smoke because I walked into this place and your smokers were cranking out some meats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, <laughs> two... I think they run pretty much 12 hours a day for sure. Um, two twin smokers I'll show you when we go out back. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Slabs of brisket, bacon, pork, chicken. There's always something in there. Man, man, you, you, and I don't know why, but I mean, I've been here several times and it never hit me the way that it did today. Yeah. It was just different, man. Today well, was the, different. The morning, the smoke really just billows out and you can yeah. smell it all around the building. When I come up in the morning, half the time and I'm yeah. walking up those stairs right above the smokers, I'm yeah. like, oh, man. oh yeah. <laughs> no shirt on, just chest <laughs> out, chest hair out, everything. All right, so this is obviously, this is a smoked. Type of beer I'm, I'm smelling here, right? Am I? Am there, I smelling there's a wood element to it. Okay. All right. It's a barrel aged beer. All right. That see, that's that's not. I'm. Uh, I'm. I need to learn more about the barrel because they're not usually my style. So I'm kind of dumb about them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'll, I'll drink a barrel aged once in a while, but it's not. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that that's the first thing I find. You know, yeah. I usually want something crushable and yeah, uh, something that I you know not session per se, but something that I can have a few of and. Uh, this is a difference. Uh, this one I've been trying to sip on every time I get a chance yeah. when I come down here. And, uh, nice. What is this? So this is our barrel-aged winter warmer. Oh, so we took okay. our uh, our very popular winter warmer, uh, and I'm almost 100% positive that thing sat in barrels uh, for about a year. Okay. So this is 2020, 2020's winter warmer. Yeah. Uh, that was aged in a sacred save barrel, sacred save being our whiskeys. Yeah. Um, and we just tapped it uh, probably about a month ago, and okay. I'm shocked that it's still on tap because I've been drinking the hell out of it. But uh, there's, there must be another bullet or two left. Man, I uh, do you take? Can I get a growler of this to go home? Oh, yeah. oh. The, those don't go home and growlers. Yeah, so disclaimer. Right? That, that might not uh, go that well. I mean, a, a growler or Arkansas obviously is probably good yeah. Bet. I've seen people come up, go up to bars. I'd be, you know, I'll be sitting there having a beer, and someone's like, "What's your highest ABV?" And they've got a growler. And the other per- <laughs> on the other side of the bar is like, "Shit, man!" Like uh, this five percent blonde ale we have is, <laughs> is yeah. the strongest. I wonder if dispensaries feel that these days, where uh, people just come in and go, "Give me the highest yeah, like, oh, testing that. strain you have." Hundred yeah. percent, guarantee you they do. Same yeah. thing in beer, beer fest. Yeah. You know how it goes. Every beer festival, the first questions we get are, "What's your strongest beer?" Here? Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> All right, well, let's yeah. go down the list. <laughs> yeah. How high do you want to start? Yeah. You want to go in reverse? Or, oh, oh, dude, that didn't even fall out. No. That was like every, it was on the rim and everything. So, uh, Alejandro, thanks, buddy. It's, it's hey, long to have you in the building, man. Dude, this is great. So, this is, this is just one piece of the Santan empire at this point right uh, is as you were quoted i think uh world domination this is one step closer to world domination <laughs> of the, uh, the big bad Santana empire yes yes well let's go back to the beginning so um are you from arizona originally born and raised i'm okay. actually okay. Uh, i was born at the hospital two miles down the road in chandler oh, regional no shit. okay uh which you know so my roots are really around in this neighborhood and yeah. in this area the funny thing is i didn't live into in chandler until about five years ago uh, okay. I've always lived in Mesa, Gilbert, Tempe, like around the Southeast Valley, and I finally yeah. grew up here. Um, 
yeah, uh, 2007, we opened our doors right before the the uh, economic recession hit. Yeah. And, uh, which is, you know, a great time to open a business. Sure. <laughs> Dude, right? Like, weathering the, like, right into the storm, like, right at the end of Dexter. He's yeah. just like, I'm going right into this and, thing. And Anthony, you know, <laughs> he, he built this, like, game plan for how, you know, his business plan for how he wanted to run Santan and all that. Yeah. And he opened the doors, and all of a sudden, just chaos ensues. Yeah. And you just imagine taking your business plan, you just spent years, and, and not even... Years writing it, but also yeah. years brainstorming it, and you just throw it in a fireplace and go, well, yeah. hope I make good beer. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. And uh, apparently he made good enough beer, and uh, the food was great. And I wasn't around in town. I was actually out east for a few years living out there Okay, uh, while Santan was getting open and up and running. And uh, by the time I came home and uh, came back to go to school, I was delivering some pizzas for Barrows and uh, decided, you know what, I want to get back into serving and put my name in here. And yeah. uh, here I am almost 10 years later and running the sales team now. And Hell yeah, dude. It's been a fun ride, man. And I get to I get to hang out my, you know, my roots and my streets, kind of where I, I grew up. And yeah, uh, it is a is a very rewarding position to be in. And it's super fun. It's and yeah. at the end of the day, it's beer and whiskey and all the things we're making. And, do, and, and espressos. You were making an espresso earlier. Yeah, yeah. Right? not a Santan <laughs> espresso per se, but yeah, if you want an espresso martini or something, come and see Natasha you go. in the Spirit House. Okay, okay. Which is where we're at. We're in the Spirit House. So, right? yeah. So, uh, flash forward, right? Everybody knows the, the Santan history for the most part. At least your listeners probably do. We're going to um, get back into it, though. We're not going to make that oh, assumption, Alejandro. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to nail you with some, all right. some questions. Um, so, uh, you know, Santan grows and grows uh eventually we uh get into spirits about six years ago yeah um and just like the pub where it was a playground for you know what beers do we want to make can we get feedback on it from guests uh we needed something similar for our spirits and this that you're sitting in was all shelving and storage space okay in a commercial area in downtown chandler that just drove uh the owners crazy and they're like yeah Let's turn it into something else, and yeah. so we decided to turn it into a lab and a playground for our spirits. And, and when, it, what year was it, was this one open? The, um, we'll hit our three year anniversary this okay. year, so okay. uh, twenty nineteen. I, I do kind of remember that, right? I mean, it was just like kind of a yeah. nondescript, like yeah. just went, like this is storage. Yeah, right? and that's all it was. Yeah. And uh, they finally said, "Nope, clear it out. Let's turn it into a, a retail space, and let's find somewhere where we can play with our spirits and learn, uh, you know, certain things about cocktails and make up yeah. our own." And, uh, Natasha's done a great job uh, doing it so far. She's been the, the spearhead of this building and really the heart and soul of this building uh, with her fancy competition check up there, her first one in the back corner. Ah, uh, nice. Uh, she's been doing a fantastic job uh, just really elevating our spirits game. And uh, if you ever get a chance, pop in here at night and come say hi to her and the crew. And uh, it's got a totally different vibe than what you're used to up front in Santa. For sure, like that. it really does. Yeah, it really. Does. I don't smell the smoke as much in here, like the the meat smoke. Which it's closer, so it's surprising because it's, uh, cause it's later in the day, which comes full circle. That's <laughs> that's why I never smell it because I'm here later yeah. in the day. And, and part yeah. two of this podcast will be actually in front of the smoker. <laughs> we're just gonna yeah. go sit up. Well, <laughs> I had a vision of you. You were saying you walked. You know, these are your streets. You you know, I see you walking the streets in slow motion with the smoke coming out behind yeah. you, just it's, pure mesquite up yeah. in the air. You know, <laughs> is that it? Mesquite? You guys uh, use mesquite? I think so. I'd yeah. have to double check. I it's, I'm not gonna, nobody, nobody yeah. cares but me. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you can smell mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. 
It's fantastic. So, uh, all right, back up. So with you, grew up here. Um, did you have a path in mind for yourself? Like as far as like, was there something that you wanted to do? Uh, accounting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Dang, so, man. Uh, that's a, that's, that's I, a, in high I school, I wanted to be a sports journalist in the worst okay. way. Okay. Um, I went to, you know, I was in journalism classes for six years in high school. Um, and I thought for sure that I was going to be the next big beat writer for the Cardinals or something. And it's funny that my high school buddy actually was the beat writer for the Cardinals okay. at the time. <laughs> and I, I thought I was going to go down this path. And then uh, I had a horrible journalism teacher my senior year out in Virginia. Um, and that just absolutely derailed my, uh, really? my... Why? Like, what was it about it that made it so bad to leave? I think it, it was a combination of just like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then sure. also looking up like, well, there's no such thing as holidays in journalism. Uh, the pay is garbage, obviously. Yeah. You know, journalists do it's not. It's a passion. Get, it's yeah. a, that's a passion path for sure, yeah. for the most part. And so, you know, in your 19, 20, 21 years, that's kind of where you start to focus is not where am I in five years, but where am I in, in 10 years or so like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just started doing more thinking about it. I ended up coming back to go to school and I decided, okay, I have to decide something. Yeah. And at that point, I, you know, I'm relatively good with numbers, spreadsheets and all that fun stuff. And uh, fun stuff you say. <laughs> you mean people. it. You mean it too. <laughs> uh, you know, it's I, I can handle that stuff. And I was like, you know what? There's always going to be a need for accountants, dude. Absolutely. You know, as yep. long as there's business and commerce, there's a need for an accountant. There's always going to be a shortage of people who don't want to work with numbers, yeah. right? Or not, yeah. And so I went down that path, and that actually was while I was working here. So I was going to school at Chandler Gilbert um, and serving tables here and trying to do uh, both. I eventually joined the sales team. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge ASU fan and people were like, Oh, when'd you go to ASU? And I'm like, well, I got my acceptance letter yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was at Chandler Gilbert. Yeah. And then shortly after I got my acceptance letter is when I applied to join the sales team here Okay, and got the promotion. And I had one of those, where am I going? Fork sure. in the roads. Uh, yeah. I can, you know, take the time and go to ASU and get my CPA and all that fun stuff through WP carry, or I can go this other way and try the sales team and give it my full go because there's no way I was going to be able to juggle school in a, in a full-time sure. sales job. Yeah. Um, and I decided, you know what, let's, let's go with the beer side. Uh, let's go with the sales. Let's, let's see if I have what it takes to do this. And, uh, that's what's led me to here today and yeah. sticking it out for so long. And, uh, I'm just one of those people that just kind of puts my head down and just keeps working and, I don't. I try to block out the noise around me for the most part. You and got to. Yeah, right, yeah. Just, you have to. <laughs> yeah. Some um, gets through sometimes, and it's like it does. I'm glad it got through. It really it, does. You know? <laughs> and, and that's when you call a buddy and you're like, "Let's grab a beer. I got some shit to get off my chest. <laughs> I got this barrel aged uh, winter warmer <laughs> here." Yeah. So, yeah, and then I uh, uh, eventually uh, took over the sales team. Were you not this past November, but the year before? Okay, okay. Now, were you a were you a um, craft beer guy coming into? No, no. Okay, I, okay. I kind of have an origin story like most people do, where I was, you know, drinking just regular, you know, nondescript beer um, when I was living out in Virginia when I turned twenty one, because uh, that's when everybody starts drinking officially. For sure, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I was drinking Natty Light, and then if we had money, we bought Yingling. Okay. That oh was, hell yeah! Yeah, that was yeah. payday beer, right? Yeah. Was, Let's go out and get that yingling. Let's let's go. <laughs> get the whole thirty pack. Yeah. The whole thirty. Well, we almost knocked that off. Yeah, okay. it was. Uh, it's funny just to put it out like that, but that's what we did, you know. And if we really didn't have money, it was butt ice or whatever. Forty. Oh, yes. Yeah, high octane, right? Yeah. What is your highest alcohol? Uh, right? You, you know, go into Circle Case asking them. <laughs> and uh, so when I came back uh, from out east, that was all I was really exposed to. Um, and I'll never forget the whole reason that my past started to Santan was when I was working at Barrows. We had 
Devil's Ale and Epicenter on at every bar's location in town. Every single one. Yeah. Um, and I remember trying Devil's Ale and going, Blech. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no thanks. Uh, not Why do my people style. drink this? Yeah. Uh, but I did enjoy Epicenter, which, you know, as I came to Santana and learned, we call it the gateway to craft beer for a reason, as uh, most ambers are. Yeah. Um, yes. It was something that was approachable and easy to drink. And, you yeah. know, it was, you know, it was different enough from Yingling, which is, you know, more of like an amber lager. Yeah. Um, but it was close enough that I was like, okay, I can enjoy this. And eventually, I did start to appreciate Devil's Ale. It, it didn't take me training my tongue on hops or anything. It was just, okay, not every dark beer is going to be something aggressively hoppy. Yeah. I can get into this. It's got some sweetness, some backbone to it. And that eventually led me to trying Devil's and having an appreciation for it. And then yeah. I was like, wait, these guys are from Chandler? I was born in Chandler. Yeah. Okay, let's check it out. Let's. Yeah. I, they got a restaurant? Great. Maybe I can go back to serving tables and, you know, because it's always a great time and it's a great job. And Yeah. Uh, I remember when I applied here, Jamie, one of the, the managing partners, he's like, well, I got position for busing. I was like, cool. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'll, if you don't mind me working two jobs, yeah, I'll come in here and you know clean tables and stock stuff and uh, do some of the hard work that gets done in restaurants, the, the lesser appreciated work that gets sure. done in restaurants. and The necessary stuff. Yeah. Like the, it gets done regardless of whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. Right? And I just worked my way up there. You know, I, I came in... Uh, chef at that time was like hey i heard you came from a pizza kitchen i'm like yeah he's like i need help on our pizza side and i was like okay i guess i'm back in the kitchen <laughs> nice and <laughs> after all that just to say is i i said yes to basically everything they asked me to do um you know help start the catering department with derek formerly uh he's, he's um at pedal house uh oh i, I forget if he's uh, still there. doc no, not no, no, no. Uh, like Doc Derek like <laughs> Okay. Yeah, not Doc. I heard, uh, like, Doc's a good cook, I've heard. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Derek Hansen uh, helped start our catering department here. And okay. I worked under him um, as we built that room that you saw with the Brewers Reserve that we're yeah. uh, updating right now. Um, and, and just little things, you know, taking on little things that they asked me to do of, hey, can you jump on this position? Can you, can you handle the expo line? Stuff like that. And yeah. Just try and say yes to everything. I'm not one of those people that's like, sorry, my job description says this, and that's yeah. the only thing I'm going to do for you. So Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's one of the cornerstones to, like, uh, small business, right, is having the people that are willing to do all of those things. Yeah. It's like, ah, well, you hired me to do this. Like, can't you just grab the cup on your way through? Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to tell you this earlier when we were, when we were coming through, um, and I saw all the the bins with, like, the, you know, the steak knives and the forks and the spoons, like that is back of the house kitchen, yeah. you know, restaurant. So my grandmother owned a restaurant growing up. She owned two of them for probably about 20 years total. So I remember being in the back and, you know, uh, I remember that and it brings back good memories, but then I also worked in kitchens and I hated it. Yeah. Right. You know, so, uh, it, I, it's a cool thing to observe. Is like as long as even brewing, right. Yeah. When I do collaborations, I'm like, I'm here to take video and, you know, like, I'll do some picture-esque, you know, uh, mashing out and stuff like that. But uh, I know my specialty. And I'll <laughs> never forget. Uh, I always pin it back to there was this moment. So there was a group of us busters that all started at Santana around the same time. I think I was probably one of the last ones. Uh, guys like Steven over at Huss and uh, some guys that are not in the industry anymore. We were all busters. And I think all of them went to go be sellermen. This is back when... Yeah. Our canning line was literally just on the other side of this wall. Everything okay. was done here. Warner Santan Gardens didn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, and everything was done here. And then eventually we opened up Santan Gardens or Warner. Um, and I remember them sitting on one of the front patio tables when I was serving at night. 
And those guys were just, this is back when you can smoke on the patio, just pound smoke cigarettes and just take down beers and yeah. just bitch about how, how hard their day was. Yeah. And one, it gave me an appreciation for cellar work is not easy work. It is the backbone of the brewery. Yeah. You know, those guys, you know, there's, you can make all the beer you want. It's not going anywhere if those guys aren't helping to get it out. Yeah. Um, and, but they would just unload on their day. And then in the middle of all that, they'd be like, Hondra, you should come be a cellar man with us. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Horrible pitch. I'm like, Horrible no. Sales pitch. I, I think sales seems a lot more fun, guys. I'm going yeah. to go that way. Yeah. Uh, but it's created some of the, some really talented brewers through the Cellarman program here. And, um, you know, there's some great ones out there that all started as Cellarman here at one point or another. And, yeah. you know, we joked that Anthony has a uh, Bill Belichick-esque type uh, brewer's tree sure. of people yeah. that are now making b- great beers for other companies uh, that all kind of came from this building. And yeah. It's, it's kind of cool to see. And uh, They actually highlighted in the magazine, right? Didn't they highlight it in yeah. uh, Phoenix Was it magazine? Phoenix Mag, I think? Yeah. They did a, him and Andy from Four Peaks. Yeah, so which did. both of those guys probably, you know, I think there's six degrees to one of those two guys sure. of brewers in this state as, in some way, shape, or form. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no doubt the impact that both of those gentlemen have had on this uh this massively growing industry and For it's sure. cool to be a part of that well what's it so um you know i don't expect you to tell anthony's story right but but what is the the story of him finding the you know opening right before the you know the recession hit in yeah. LA? so so it's um you know anthony's as he's explained the story to us um when he was at four peaks it was very traditional european style beers um, at least back then it was. Obviously, they really branched out with what they make. Um, and he wanted to focus more on American-style beers. He was really into really hop-forward West Coast-style beers. Yeah. Um, and he just took that passion and decided to run with it and uh, try his hand at opening a brewery. Getting the cash to open a brewery back in 2006, 2007 wasn't exactly easy. Sure. The stories I've heard, he's had at least 10 banks tell him no. And it took uh, a good friend of his and uh, one of the part owners of Santan, our silent owner, coming in and saying, hey, you know, I'll, I'll gladly inject some cash flow into this to, to get it up and running. Yeah. You know, the dream for those guys back then was they just wanted a place to have a hot plate of wings and a good cold beer that they made. And, yeah. you know, that was how they're going to end their day. And yeah. uh, he always jokes of like, well, you didn't realize that it was going to be 12, 14, 15 hours of brewing every day. <laughs> right. Uh, so that five o'clock beer and wings doesn't exactly come for most brewers. And no. Um, and that just, you know, that's snowballed eventually, you know, he really wanted to lead with West coast styles. So of course, devil's ale and Hopshock were two of the first beers that we made and, yeah. uh, very West coast styles. Most people would argue that devil's is an IPA and by BA standards, it probably is, yeah. we, but we call it an American pale instead. Um, and those two beers were absolute monsters and they still are to this day, but you know, we've progressed forward into moon juice coming out where we said, why don't we take a wheat based IPA? Let's go with these Southern hemisphere hops that really just give off tropical flavors and fruity flavors as opposed to like the dank resiny american hops back sure. then it was you know i think a a bag of uh nelson or galaxy hops was you know the shipping to get it over here was more than the bag itself sure yeah <laughs> yeah um, and luckily we had contracts to get around that now yeah uh and we just continue to progress it's uh you know i think all of our beers are pale ales or ipas on the grocery store shelf as of right now um, we'll obviously expand back into wheats and stuff like that, but yeah. that's what we know. That's what we like, and we're not away. Sure. We're not, we're not going to shy away from that when people are like, "You guys need to diversify and have." We're like, "Well, we got five, <laughs> you know, wildly different hoppy pale ale or IPA styles between yeah. 
Pebblehead's got a slight sour bite to it. Juicy Jack's your, your juicy hazy. Mm-hmm. Moon Juice is just your, your classic wheat-based pale or your wheat-based IPA. And then Devils and Hopshaw give you back to the West Coast. It's like we've got wildly different hoppy styles that yeah. we can play with. And sure. that's the cool thing about IPAs is it's less about um, how many hops you can slam into it and more about what you're doing with those hops. And that's kind yeah. of what IPAs turn into. So For sure. Yeah, he, uh, he, he had a dream to open up his own place. And like I said, you know, the recession made him throw his plan out the window and just really hope that the people would support him. And, you know, one of the things about good times or bad is that people will want to drink, whether they're celebrating or, you know, uh, you know trying to ease the pain of sure. an economic crash. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, beer sustains, but it also just go- attributes to, you know, they were making good food first, which yeah. you can't survive as a really as a restaurant and a brewery, a brew pub. Um, if you're not making great food, yeah, you know, and they found their they found their uh, their way with that, and the kitchen uh, has been cranking out just amazing food ever since I've been here, and yeah, um, the beers followed. It's it's been a great time to play with ideas with these guys. We made a margarita goza just because I tried one one time oh, at GABF, and I came nice. back and said, "Can you guys make one?" Yeah, and we did, and we tried it, and or just the random ideas. Pebblehead was because a bartender was mixing a couple beers together, and she came to us and said, "You guys have to try this," and yeah. we were like, "Yes!" <laughs> right nice. in the middle of like a brain fart in COVID, when we're like, "What's our next great beer?" We we can't yeah. think of anything. The world's shut down. There's you know, it kind of feels like not as important, but we got to get a new beer out there. And Pebblehead was born because a bartender came to us. And there's yeah. so many different ways that beers come through here. How, how many people work for Santan at this point? <sighs> Around 100, I think. Okay. I, I, f- I forget what the exact number is. Yeah. Um, I know we've been over 100 for a while. I know we were close to 200. Um, with Bethany was open, um, but I think we're still floating around oh, that 100 okay. to 150. Gotcha. And, and you get, at this point, it's it's uh, here in downtown. And I always think, I always kept uh, Gilbert and Chandler. I'm looking at the wall and I'm like, yeah. Gilbert. Gilbert. Downtown <laughs> Chandler. You'll never forget. The door's right there. Though. I only see the ER. I'm like, is that oh, Gilbert? <laughs> like, shit, they lose the T. No, downtown Chandler. And then you guys have the, the production facility. We call Warner. it Santan Gardens. Okay. Um, I have to get that out of my head. I'm, I've always called it Warner or the Rebel Base is yeah. what we used to call the it. The Rebel Base. Yeah. Hey, there's huge Star Wars nerds here, just like myself. I, behind the bar, I'm setting up the camera earlier, and there's like helmets down there. Yeah, like there's Storm a Mandalorian Trooper. helmet. Yeah. Storm, the Stormtrooper helmet was actually our Christmas tree topper in here oh, for all dude. of christmas that's awesome um you know we've got star lord's mask we've got a punisher version of the iron man mask so there's like anthony is one of the biggest comic book nerds you'll ever meet and yeah. i i have a huge affinity for any kind of nerd or geek culture and yeah uh, i i you want to talk about the mcu we could do a whole different episode on that yeah. um <laughs> and you know it's i mean you can see there's like a yoda and star wars toys up behind me we try to make this place you know a little dialed back from the brew pub like, sure. we want it to be a little classier but we still snuck some nerdy kind of stuff yeah. up there. Uh, but in the actual brew pub, you'll see uh, Lego sets. Uh, okay. So the X-Wing, the Imperial Star Destroyer, Boba Fett's ship, um, all those hand-built by Anthony and uh, Aaron Sanchez, our silent partner. Really? Uh, where those guys will just grab a couple beers and just build these massive two, 3,000-piece Lego sets of Star Wars Dang, ships. That's and, really cool. Yeah. That is really there's cool. a lot of nerd culture in here, and well, we celebrate it. Well, I mean, there's you know we were talking earlier about the, how many – you know, the similarities between like barbecue and craft beer, mm-hmm. right? There's so many things, same thing with, with a nerd culture, man. Like it's like, know your audience, right? Yeah. Like, like there's, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, bleed over of all of those. Things, and there's, you know? there's a, obviously a huge element of, well, this is, we're that audience. Sure. So we yeah. hope you are too. Yeah. That, that's yeah. more of a, it just kind of like the way we make our beers of, 
Well, Anthony and the Brewers really love their hot forward beers. We hope you do too. Yes. And, and yes. you come tell us if you do by trying the beers or buying it at the grocery store or seeing it on tap, whatever. Right. Um, same thing with, you know, the nerd culture. There'll be people that you'll just catch them just staring up at the clouds. <laughs> I will be now. Like, what's I was just like, oh, man. Like, I wonder Is that if- a pickled Yoda? Like, what? No, no. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> those, are the, those are actually real life eggs from uh, the Mandalorian that Grogu was eating. <laughs> For the few people that'll get that right. I didn't know what that meant, but uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I knew good. the general area of where you're going with it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So, okay. Um, so, Santan um, is kicking ass, making great beers in Arizona. Uh, I remember back, man, this had to have been 2000, probably 2009, and I got a four-pack of the Devil's Ale, uh, and me and my father-in-law in the hot tub at my condo unit. <laughs> He's like, he was like, dude, that is a fantastic beer. We loved it. Like, we loved it. We loved the Devil's Ale, and it was different. It was something different that you... Um, you know, like you were talking about before, drinking Yingling and, uh, you know, Coors Light and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it was different. Um, but I also, you said the Amber is the, the point of entry or the, the gateway. The gateway. Yeah. That was epicenter. for me, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, not Epicenter specifically, but uh, oh, oh, another okay. nondescript one. <laughs> no, that, and that, <laughs> that style is great for getting people into it trusting is. that a dark beer isn't going to be danky every time. and. Uh, the same Overwhelming. thing happened for me, and you know, Devil's Ale is what put Santan on the map, right? That was yeah. that was the beer that everybody knew Santan about, sure. and uh, I, I just remember it was it was a Devil's Ale handle in every bar that I could possibly imagine. And um, but the times have shifted; the consumer has shifted, and yep. obviously, the explosion of hazies has kind of completely derailed what we thought craft beer would be. Yeah, um, but that's what makes it fun. Craft beer is this huge rainbow. Um, almost literally and figuratively of all the different styles of beers that you can create and appreciate. Um, And it doesn't have to be, you know, a certain set every time, certain style. So you can, you can venture out. I'm the type of person like, you know, anytime the question comes up of, you know, what's your favorite thing to drink? I'm situational. What am I, what am I doing? Who am I with? What am I eating? If I'm eating, you know, am I, am I being loud? Is there a lot of energy involved? And you know, it, it all depends. Like it's, uh, up in Flagstaff this weekend, you know, I was I was enjoying Guinness all weekend because it yeah. was balls cold and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know there's you Felt know right. Guinness is even though it's a cold beer, it feels warming to you. Sure, um, you know, and there's certain styles like that. Left Hound Nitro Milk Stout or does the same thing for me. Of it just warms me up and yeah, um, you know, in the summertime or when I'm playing golf, like I don't want a heavy IPA. No, you're not Mostly, doing a winter warmer. In a, no, of course, <laughs> my golf game is not good enough to survive those kind of beers. <laughs> Uh, you know, where I'm shooting over a hundred anyways, I'm playing a whole second round of golf if I'm slamming IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm shooting two hundred at that point. So uh yeah, I'm so situational and that's that's why I'm super happy that we tapped into the spirits world because sure. there there is a there's a need for that in certain situations of like, you know, I, I mentioned golf of we've got our new vodka sodas i love drinking those on a golf course because you know i have something to drink but i don't feel super weighed down when it's 115 sure. in the middle of local golf season yeah um and, and it's really enjoyable or you know just a, a whiskey on the rocks you know and, and late at night that's that was always my joke of if you saw me with whiskey neat in my hand yeah. you could pretty much guess <laughs> that i'm heading to bed in about 30 minutes <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's the night night juice yeah right that's the all right i'm done i'm checking out i'm gonna get one more and yeah. we're good uh usually sure um, yeah you know or just you know fun cocktails because we're kind of in an upbeat party mood and 
um, you know, whatever it is, it's all situational. And that's, sure. that's the cool part about Santan branching out into more than just being a brewery is that we're, we're basically, we're, we're a beverage company these days. You know, we make a root beer, um, for the pub here. We don't really sell it out elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the whole Santan spirits division, um, which was born out of curiosity and kind of just a challenge to ourselves. Okay. Um, Anthony, uh, for the listeners that don't know, Anthony Konecki is the founder and owner of Santan Brewing Company and Santan spirits. Um, He's a huge fan of American single malt, a very underrepresented category okay. in the country and the yeah, world. Absolutely. I don't even think it's a recognized category, if I remember correctly. Um, and he wanted to create, you know, we we play with malt all day. That's that's what we do as a brewer. Yeah. So we knew we already did half the process and we were good at it. Um, so we decided, you know, let's try our hand at making spirits. Um, they started on... Um, what they lovingly referred to as the meth lab build, which is like <laughs> cut apart kegs and pieces of metal just welded together sure. where they just wanted to learn the process of distillation. They weren't necessarily going for anything to keep or hold on to. Yeah. Um, just learn it. Then they ended up getting a still that I think is from like the middle of the woods in Kentucky. Oh, hell yeah. Where like, like the instructions uh, to use it came in like really backwards English. Uh, um, yeah. Handwritten. Bootlegger. What is that? That bootleg is that the bootlegger yeah. show or moonshiners? Yeah. Moonshiners. Yeah. I grew up in Southern Ohio or like, you know, Did you? <laughs> yeah, Northeastern Ohio. Yes. West Virginia. Uh, Southern Just a stone's throw. Yeah, yep. Yep. That yep. whole stretch between, you know, the Appalachians. You yeah, know, that, for sure. Yep. That, that whole stretch right there. Uh, you know, I, I for sure, when I was uh, hanging out at my friend's colleges in Virginia, I for sure had straight Tennessee oh, moonshine sure. that came yeah. from a jar. The white light. Usually with, yeah, <laughs> with a peach or something in it um, where the fruit was usually more. Uh, oh, dude, don't more eat that fruit. fruit. <laughs> yeah. Usually had more alcohol than yes. the actual moonshine did. Um, and so uh, he had this mentality of uh, whiskey is what beer wants to be when it gets older. And then also just I've always joked that Anthony's the kind of guy where if he tastes something that he really likes, he goes, well, I think we can make it better, whether it's yeah. food. You know, we've had plenty of plates here in the restaurant where either Jamie uh, or Anthony or somebody says, you know, I had this really fantastic plate. Can we do it better? Can we yeah. do it, you know, as equal? Uh, same thing with the single malt whiskey is he's like, I think Santan can make a really high quality American single malt whiskey um, that can help put that category on the map. And sure enough, uh, he was pretty right because we've yeah. won some we've won a double gold at San Francisco World Spears competition, which, which is, is like the GABF for us, yeah, if you will. Yeah, huge. Um, you know, it's it's easily our most decorated bottle um, as far as medals and stuff like that go. Uh, the bourbon and rye are fantastic as well. And then that's led into just all kinds of other stuff, vodkas and gins and flavored whiskeys. And there's an absinthe. That I'm, I'm looking all through. Like, I, I'm, it, it's a lot of these things on your walls are, are your things. Yep. Like, there's a, there's a handful of things that aren't, you know, that are probably necessary for cocktails. But um, vodka, yeah. gin. Rye whiskey. Uh, what was it? What's the Jacob Waltz? So Jacob Waltz is our special bourbon. Okay. So uh, we have our bourbon and rye that we put under the Sacred Stave emblem. Okay. So Sacred Stave has three whiskeys. It's single malt, bourbon, and rye. Okay. They're, they're pretty okay. much like your everyday whiskeys. They're that's the one that uh, doesn't necessarily collect doesn't necessarily collect dust on your shelf. Okay. Um, okay. That's the one that you come home, pour yourself a finger or two, throw some ice on it. Yeah. And enjoy your night. That's the end of the night. Uh, Alejandro Jacob Waltz. Drink, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Jacob Waltz is the end oh, of the night. I got. I got uh, you. Okay. Jacob Waltz is you know. Dad's at the house, um, special occasion, celebration with the family, whatever. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, That's yeah. the bottle that okay. you, you blow the dust off a little yeah. bit, you pull it <laughs> off the top shelf, and yeah. you, pour, you know, pour a little bit around. 
Um, Jacob Waltz, if you're not familiar, is the Lost Dutchman of the Superstition okay. Springs. Okay. Um, obviously, a very legendary figure here in Arizona. Yeah. Um, the counterpart to the Jacob Waltz bottle is called Butcher Jones. That's our rye version. Okay. Uh, so Jacob Waltz is a bottled in bond bourbon, meaning it's 100 proof, at least four years old in the barrels, um, all from the same distilling season, yada, yada. There's a bunch of stipulations you have to hit. Yeah. Um, but it's our higher end bourbon okay and it is every bit of fantastic i think it's the best liquid we've made out of our stills um it's that fantastic nice and and i i lean more bourbon than rye where some people would say the butcher jones version which is the rye yeah is their favorite because they are they like that heavy spice and that they they prefer that style of whiskey over bourbon yeah um and then butcher jones also a figure from the area um, from what I've read about him, was an amateur surgeon, which is how he got his name, Butcher. Amateur surgeon. That just sounds horrible. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's nothing you would like. Your amateur surgeon will be in in a minute to give you a consultation. I'm like, I'm sure I'm out of here. Um, and uh, allegedly, Butcher Jones and Jacob Waltz were friends. And whenever Jacob Waltz would come out of the Superstition Mountains and you know, the legend has it. He never went the same way twice and you know, yeah. everything was booby trapped. And we've all heard the, the myths and stories throughout our whole lives. Um, and that, you know, if he ever needed to be mended up, butcher would help him out. Um, he would come in, get his supplies and disappear back into the mountains. And yeah. Stuff on. So if I, I still have a lot more history digging to do on it because they are such interesting mythological kind of style figures, even though they're real. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously that that's like we have our own Goonies in the South in the Superstition Springs, right? There's, yeah. there's the Peralta map, um, which is supposed to lead to the treasure that Jacob Waltz was hiding back there. And we, we kind of have our own Goonies type story, uh, just uh, not as fun as Goonies was, I guess. It could be more fun. Yeah, though, we right? need like a group of kids to go yeah. find the, you know, it's probably not a pirate ship considering we don't have an ocean here. Sure, but, sure. You know, maybe there's a giant dune buggy hidden back there something. or something. There is, <laughs> yeah. Like stone wheels and stuff. <laughs> yep, yep. My it's kids just are... a wagon. Yeah, it's an old <laughs> Western wagon filled with gold. I'm in. I'm in. My kids are, like, we were talking earlier, right? I, I'm 43. Um, I, I know you're considerably younger than me, but. Yeah, 33. Uh, I'm not that far behind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You know. <laughs> debatable but uh <laughs> but my kids are you know I, we're, we're too old i'm too old to, to be doing the adventure side of things yeah so i'm gonna groom my my daughters are eight and ten i'm gonna start telling them about the stories of you know actually that's not a good idea then they'll end up in the superstitions and you never know though. you know maybe your neighborhood is gonna something. be torn down and they're gonna save it one day because they found jacob's treasure and it's true you know and then all of a sudden, Hollywood's paying you for the story. Yeah, right, man. I regret yeah, I regret my idea. <laughs> you know what? I need a drink. <laughs> That's all right. Let's, let's grab something. What is this? This is... Uh... So uh, this is uh, our RTD cocktail. We call it Sunsplash. It's okay. a vodka soda. Uh, RTD, for those of you that aren't aware, means ready to drink cocktail. Cheers, man. Cheers. Um, soda water, vodka, a little bit of flavor. Simple. Real easy. Those are the ingredients, like a little bit of flavor. A little bit of flavor. A little dropper in the back. Yeah, just a little bit of flavor. Just, uh, you know, we just kiss a peach to this. Ooh, that's good, man. Isn't that refreshing? I don't don't, um, find many of these I like, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Um, This is good, man. This is good. Is it, uh, can I see the can? Yeah, absolutely. So, 5% ABV. It's gluten-free, sugar-free. it is every bit of fantastic as it can be. It's super refreshing. It doesn't um, have that uh, that zero sugar taste, that yeah. typical thing. Aspartame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's got a little tartness to it, I think, too. Yeah, the peach obviously gives a a little bit of that um, from the flavor that it's got, but it's super clean. That's that's the whole point. So we actually, Sunsplash is a funny story. Sunsplash is a story of failure. Okay. We tried to make Sunsplash into your traditional FMB-style hard seltzer. We failed miserably. What is FMB? Flavored malt beverage. It's a Uh, fancy way of saying it's beer, but it's not. Okay. Okay. Um, and it can go into like Mark's Hard Lemonade is considered an FMB. White uh, Claw gotcha. is a hard seltzer that's technically an FMB. So um, it's basically meaning you use malt to make an alcoholic pre- uh, beverage that isn't technically beer. Okay. Okay. Um, and we we really tried hard because you know we're we're proud of the way that we handle grains. We we've been yeah. doing it for years. Same thing with the whiskeys, and we're like, no, we can do this. We we can make it happen. And um, you know, credit to our distributors that they're as much of a part of the brain trust as anybody else in this building where we go to them and say, give us your opinions. And it like, was what not like well, yeah, it was not well received. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty close, but it was a resounding kind of response from everybody of like, nah, you guys got like, this is well underwhelming for something okay. Santan would normally make. Um, and so we actually shelved it. We kept the name Sunsplash. That was what we wanted to go with along uh, the whole time. Um, and we came back to the drawing board. It was actually um, an R&D guy that we had and hope to get back when he comes back from uh, starting a new family and all that fun stuff. Um, he helped dial in, well, why don't you guys just use the vodka you guys make? He's like, you guys you make a fantastic vodka. Yeah. You can make a much cleaner base to this if it's just vodka and soda water, and then you guys figure out the flavor profiles you want to go with. And ah. we, we went that route, and the first one that came up was peach. We were dumbfounded. There wasn't a single peach rtd seltzer anything like that in the market everybody was focused on cherry and um mango and lime and lemon and citrus and yeah all these other flavors we couldn't find a single peach yeah it was one of those things where you know you know you feel like you have to be wrong about something but you're not (laughs) sure right you know like the day after you release it then you're gonna find like the biggest yeah what are you talking about there's a peach one that does three million cases a year yeah (laughs) we couldn't find it and we were just sitting there like that can't be right and sure enough it was uh yeah we just went with that flavor because we didn't find really any competition we found a hole in the market and it's our number one flavor now for a reason i wonder if it's because most of the time peach stuff is gross (laughs) (laughs) like right i mean especially it's something like this right where you have where you got the zero sugar so you're gonna add in that that you know whatever you said aspartame is that the we don't use aspartame no, but, but that's the flavor the flavor yeah, you typically people, get the tab thing you know yeah well i and i think you get that with peach sometimes too even if that's not even you know even if it's like real sugar peach sometimes can lend to that i think yeah. if you if you don't do the drink properly so that's probably why there weren't any is because nobody could figure out how to make it good yeah. i mean <laughs> there's know? some great peach beers this out there good. right like dogfish yeah. has had a, a great one and four pieces had one forever and um, you know, peach has always been popular in beer for at least the most part as a seasonal beer. Yeah. Um, and we're just in seltzer. We're like, yeah, no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And yeah, that was it. So then we went like with it, peach, uh, cherry lime, which is evokes memories of, a like a sonic cherry limeade. Yeah. Um, and then we have a watermelon one, um, that secretly has like a hint of strawberry in it that gives okay. it a slightly different kick. And the three of them are just fantastic. I can drink all three of them pretty much all day. I take them to tailgates. And like I said, I, I, this is my golf drink now. Sure. Yeah. Um, or just being out in the hot sun and stuff like that. And it's, you know, season. If you enjoy drinking vodka sodas, like just pick one up. You got to try it out. Well, the, the cherry limeade sounds pretty interesting to yeah. me as well. Um, Nice work, man. Nice work to your team on these. On these, I mean, just to see Santan expand from, uh, you know, 
to me what was devil's hell, right? Dude, I'm going to knock that chair over at some point. <laughs> it's, not, it's not on the camera, but uh, I use my hands. <laughs> my right karate chop is brutal. Um, anyway, right. uh, so um, where was I going to go with this? Uh, oh, so okay. So <laughs> you, you make Damn something true. like this because, uh, I mean, there's obviously the demand for it, right? Um, and I mean, sure, you know, like Juicy Jack and, and the demand for the hazy IPM, yeah. right? You, you listen to the community. You listen to your customers. You listen to, you know, like you said, your distributors and things like that. Some of them are gut checks, too. Like, sure. it, it's just... Well, why don't we just try it? There's there's another RTD that I don't have here in front of you that we call Ginger Punk that's uh, more of along the lines of a whiskey mule. Okay. Um, but it's way different than what we've made. And that was one of those, well, let's let's try and make it. Let's see what the response is. Yeah. You know, Pebblehead, uh, Stony Hazy IPA. Definitely not chasing a trend on that one because, yeah. you know, the hazy, the juicy, there's Juicy Jack there to go after the juicy uh, hazy uh, community, which shout out to Steven for that recipe way back Fantastic. then. Fantastic. That is Ugh, a great beer, that, man. That is a crushable beer. Yes. And for, <laughs> again, something that pushes the IPA boundaries of, well, you guys didn't, you know, aggressively bitter hop it. So what? That's the whole idea. <laughs> yeah. um, but then Pebblehead was one of those beers where we were just like, well, let's try it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember sitting in the conference room upstairs, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before where we're sitting there. How do we make this beer? What, like, what are we going after with this? And I, it was like, let's just wing it. Let's yeah. let's see if there's a, a flavor profile of a slightly tart, hazy IPA that people enjoy. And yeah, it's it's been really well received. You know, the grocery stores people have been picking it up left and right, and I absolutely love it. I'm I grew up eating lemons whole, okay. and, and for uh, <laughs> like an Mex- apple for the Mexican kids out there uh, eating saladitos, which are just salt rocks basically dried salted plums yeah um so like acidity and saltiness has never really bothered me so having that kind of salty slash sour bite in a nice juicy hazy was really a nice treat for me because that reminded me of growing up um where you would take oranges or lemons if you really dared and you would shove a saladito right in the middle of it and leave it in your fridge overnight or something like that because what would happen is all the juice would come into the saladito would it would give the the dried salted plum some some juiciness back into it, and then the salt would dissipate into the orange. Yeah, and you just take a spoon and you eat it, and it gave me memories of that. Of ah, that sounds fantastic. This man. like slightly citrusy, salty, kind of sour kind of style, and the beer's done really well. Yeah, and that's that's part of just you know maybe finding something that isn't popular or trend chasing. And then there's certain things that may look like that or may actually be that. Yeah. Um, you got to have a nice blend of it all, though. If you're just yeah. constantly chasing trends, people are going to get bored of you. If sure. You're, if you're constantly staying away from them, then people aren't going to try something new for the most part. And if you find a nice balance, I feel like you get the best Dude. of both worlds. There's a reason there are trends, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and as, a, as a business, I, you know, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, obviously on a much lar- smaller scale, but uh, where it's kind of like, oh, it's, that's the popular thing to do. I'm not going to do it. Then I was like, man, I wish I did that. I would have done something cool. Yeah, why? <laughs> you know? you know, why not? Right? Why do you have why to not? shun it because it's popular? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be, be within reason, For obviously. Sure. Right, but, right. You know, if you think, you know, like I said, if. Anthony feels like we can do it better or do it with a Santan twist, then yeah, we're going to give it an honest shot. Sure. You know, we're never going to do anything because it's just like, oh, you know, 100 people are drinking this. Let's let's at least try it. It's, well, what can we do better? What can we do to this to make it our own and stuff like that? So you you still got to put your fingerprint on it for sure. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, and you guys are uh, a big involvement with the community too. Like, I mean, you said this is is like your neighborhood, right? Yeah. Um, That's how we find out if we're on the right path is listening to the streets. Yeah. 
what do you guys want to tell us? What it, we'll, we're open ears, whether it's here at the pubs with our bartenders and servers or through social media um, or just, you know, my own cell phone of people calling me and giving me feedback. And You don't want um, to open up that door, man, right? No, no, that's, <laughs> I mean, friends and relatives only, yeah. right? Uh, no, as a salesperson, my phone's always on and yeah. to everybody. It has to be. Um, and, and just getting the feedback from everybody listening to the community because, you know, what we do matters to them, which yeah. means everything else we do that's outside of what are we making matters to them. And that's, sure. that's why we always try and stay involved in whether it's, you know, supporting a group like the Chandler Compadres, which raises a ton of money for kids organizations all year round. Nice. Um, huge, what do you guys do with them? Uh, we support a bunch of different a bunch of different efforts that they put together. Okay. You know, their golf tournament. They have a big gala every year um, that they put together, and just kind of the little things they do throughout the year. You know, they're constantly coming into the pub um, to you know work their side of the business and their their charitable givings and stuff like that. And nice. Basically, whenever they come knocking, it's what do you guys need? We're here. Um, we're here to help because you know. It, I think it creates that nice boundary between beer company wanting to help kids' organizations, but staying distant enough from kids' organizations to not, you know, make it look like we're advertising yeah. kids. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, there's a there's a great mutual benefit there to hey, look, we really want to raise money for kids, but we're not we're not trying to advertise to them. So yeah, um, you know, the compadres just are an absolutely great organization. We do stuff for the Humane Society at least once a year. Okay, um, with a partnership with Genuine Concepts. Um, where they do a community handle all, every month, all year round. But we've, for the past, I think four or five, I think five years now, um, you know, they, they contribute a portion of their sales. And so does Santan to the Arizona Humane Society, something yeah. close to my heart, uh, which people will actually get to see in the, the new, uh, the new version of the beard war calendar coming out, ah. uh, the beer paw. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's an yeah. animal themed. Um, and I got to show off my buddy, Kylo, who I adopt or not me, uh, she, my girlfriend would kill me. Now my fiance, <laughs> my fiance would kill me if I took credit for that. Uh, I'm going to send her this clip only. Yeah. She, uh, she brought him home, uh, from the humane society. Uh, and he's been, you know, my best friend in my life for the most part. And yeah. I got to honor him and the humane society in the calendar. And, uh, those are a couple of the things that we like to do, uh, year round, you know, smaller Chandler stuff that, you know, we we're not one of those people that's like, hey, come check out what we're doing. Pat us on the back. Sure. Um, so we do quiet stuff for, like, the Downtown Chandler Community Partnership and just smaller charity events around town. And yeah. So. Nice, man. Nice. Got to get back, right? Heck, yeah, dude. Heck, yeah. I mean, it's – it's uh this this industry i feel has there's just something special to it i mean i've said it thousands of times probably but uh i don't know it's it sometimes even even when breweries seem to be kind of you know down on their luck they're still willing to help other people out you know i've seen places that are super, really struggling through the pandemic and stuff and they're still doing stuff to raise money for other you know it's well, it's it comes incredible. back tenfold you sure. know when when the pandemic hit um we all saw the response of, you know, people knew that we had to hunker down, stay home, work from home, whatever. Yep. Um, but to go orders, we're doing really well with people that understood of, yeah, I could probably, you know, just rice and bean it up for the next, you know, few weeks, at least back then. That's how long we thought it would take. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and, you know, they still came out and supported Santan of ordering to go food and not just Santan, breweries all over Arizona. Sure. Yep. We all saw, you know, saw kind of a, a support from the community of, hey, look, we've seen you guys giving back for years or for those that are brand new, same thing. Like, we know you guys will give back. Yep. Um, and people came out in droves and supported the breweries. And I don't think we took as big of a hit to our brewery count that we really could have or should have. Sure. Considering how ugly this pandemic had gotten. 
Um, and that was in large part because the community looks at their beer community and says, look, these are true people, true people of the community um, who will always give back in some way, shape, or form. So let's go out and give them a hand when they need it. Yeah. And you don't really see that in today's world of sure. know, anti-capitalistic stuff of just, no, let it let it burn and we'll start yeah. from the ground over. Yeah. Um, nope. It was really cool to see of just people like my own friends and family texting me of like, hey, just order to go. Hope everything's going all right. Make nice. sure you guys are good. And yeah. It, uh, it helped us all survive. And that's that's part of the mutual benefit of your community, right? It's not just give. It's not just take, 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 take. It's yeah. give and take, give and take, give and take all year round. Yep. Absolutely, man. Well, we're coming up on beer week. You yeah, buddy. Some, you ready? You got some, what, yeah. I, I don't know if I am, honestly. I, I, need I to, mean, this is our first real beer week. Oh, dude. You're turn, two, taking off. Years. Is this planned? Yeah. You're taking off the. the <laughs> I, I'm getting hot and bothered now. Let's talk beer. <laughs> oh, man. Beer week. Uh, yeah. So what 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 is Santan got up their sleeve? Um, party, 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 party um, in our 10-day Arizona beer week. Um, so things that I know of and can confirm um, – Obviously, we'll be at Strong Beer. Okay. That, that's Excellent. A given. Yes, yes. We will be there moving to Bellbank Park, for those that are not familiar. Um, that is all the way at Eastmark, literally right next to Phoenix Gateway Airport or Mesa Gateway. Um, beautiful facility that's getting built out there and First should be incredible. a really cool spot to have beer fests. Um, they're even planning future beer fests over there where they have these huge lawns that we can nice. use. And uh, it's going to be a great time. We've got a We've got a small sponsorship with those guys out there, but has nothing to do with Beer Week at all. Uh, so we're just going to come out. We're going to mix it up this year. We're still hammering our details out, but in years past, we've had kind of a set menu okay. and said this is what we're serving all day long, and then maybe one or two beers rotate. Um, this year, we're planning on rotating beers all day. Ah, oh, nice. That uh, as of right now, unless anything changes, uh, we're planning on maybe a bullet of each beer and once it's gone it's gone okay um and so the menu is going to be changing through the whole festival nice um so that's a new thing that we're bringing to this festival we're still working on you know what's going to be the fun side of it santan usually brings kind of party element to for our sure. festival booths yep um as we've done for years we're obviously going to have our spirits and our rtvs there for people to try your food truck I don't know what the food truck's going to be there right now. Great burritos, um, man. At the at the Barrels, Bottles, and Brews, man. Yeah, those burritos that, were fantastic. We, we had a long line yeah. for that truck <laughs> uh, at Barrels, Bottles, and Brews. And I, I, as every beer fest is gone, I've always been stuck behind the booth and never gotten a chance to catch yeah. up. I'm not doing that at Strong Beer. So okay. if you're doing anything, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to catch up with you at All Strong right. Beer. Okay, I'm cool. actually in front of the table this year uh, instead of behind it pouring nice, like I always am. So. Nice, man. Um, we'll have to I'll share be able to come hang out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're going to bring a ton of rare beers, obviously some really high-octane beers because that's the name of the fest. We're doing a new version of Kilo Hop that some people out there might be familiar with, which is literally a kilo's worth of hops per barrel brewed. Kilo Hop, I love that. Um, and it's, it's been a different hop for the most part. I think it was all Citro way back in the day, if I remember okay. right. Um, this year we're looking at making an Idaho 7 version, so it'll be a very big Idaho 7 hoppy bomb okay. nice. um, coming in. It's got some honey to balance it out as well. Um, we've got some really other fun beers that are going to be some high octane and some that are going to be right in the middle area. Okay. Um, I think we're looking at, uh, potentially an Imperial juicy Jack, uh, Ooh, version coming out or a slightly different version with different hops. We'll okay. see. Um, so we're getting those, those things hammered out. Um, we're going to have some fun kind of activation inside of our booth that I'll, I'll keep that close to the chest until it's time to go. So that yeah. people are pleasantly surprised. Um, and it's just going to be an all around great time. So that's obviously the big one, right? Um, going 
into the actual beer week itself, we are looking at bringing back our Brewers Roundtables. So for okay. those of you that are fans and have been to that before, or if you never have, um, Santana will bring in three representatives from other breweries, you, always local, to come hang out and do a uh, plated dinner. Okay. Um, so usually a four-course meal. We bring in a beer from each of the breweries. We do a pairing with the food. Um, and then a huge open-ended Q&A panel with the panel. Okay. Um, so in the you know past years, you mentioned Doc. We've had Doc on, I think, once or twice now. Okay. Nice. Um, you know, Jeff from Huss, and uh, we've had people from really all around. We, we had uh, the boys from Rent House. Drew came down one year. Um, you know, I think Pat from Wilderness came down. So we, we've kind of just pulled a little bit from everywhere and we don't have the list finalized yet otherwise i'd break it to you guys here today but yeah keep an eye out if you're not on our email newsletters or anything like that sign up social stuff like that okay and we'll announce the lineup um and that'll be a fun dinner that's usually that's going to be the thursday in the middle of actual beer week okay not the thursday that kicks it off gotcha um so that's going to come back and then um our annual brews cruise uh brewers breakfast Oh, or okay. sorry, Bruce Cruise. I'm combining two events. <laughs> Bruce Cruise will be happening okay. where we're going to ride to different bars here in downtown Chandler. It's usually about 200, 250 riders that come out for that. Um, and we just stop and we grab food. Uh, I think our first stop is going to be at Florodino's. And okay. I believe they're bringing pizza muffins out. Uh, what if, do you've we, never, if you've never had pizza muffins. No. Oh, you know what? No. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, what? they sound amazing. They I drunk about them. Yeah, that is uh, a Chandler staple for sure. Yeah. You've got to try pizza muffins oh, from Florida. Uh, so when you they, say a ride, what are you riding? Like, is bikes. It a bike ride. Okay. Yeah, okay. And if somebody shows up with like an electric scooter or something like that, you know, we're not going <laughs> to tell them, sorry, you can't join us. <laughs> get out. Yeah, you're not cool enough for this club. <laughs> Members only jacket to get <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so those, uh, you can, you know, ride whatever you want. You got to, you know, it's a ride. It's a ride. Big, tricycle that we rode as kids or whatever with uh, the big front wheel like yeah, yeah like the, the big wheel that's what it was the big <laughs> oh, wheel. That one. yes you know uh you know whatever's safe to ride sure sure come on out uh so we'll hit them uh we'll go to the distillery for some country tunes some dancing and uh some drinks there and then we'll end up at courthouse with the big wide open front porch they have and nice uh it's gonna be a fun ride uh so that will be february 27th i believe it's a sunday okay um and then the Brewers Breakfast, that's more of an industry thing for uh, the brewers that are in town. That was born out of, you know, way back when, um, when strong beer would happen, obviously people would send in their reps or managers or whatever from different states. You know, yeah. Colorado would, Colorado breweries would send their people. So there were a lot of people in town that, you know, didn't really know anybody or whatever. It's a little different with people having employees in town, but uh, the spirit of it's still the same. Yeah. We all put in about 12 to 13 hours at Strong Beer to get our beers out to the public and to put on a good show for the guild. Um, and the very next morning, we like to open our doors to the industry and say, hey, come on in and have a brewery or come in and have a breakfast on us. Yeah. You know, share some beers if you guys want to share some beers and talk shop or whatever. And it is one of the cool unifying events uh, in beer in Arizona where, yeah. you know, whether they're wearing their logos or not, you know, everybody just comes in and just catches up. And yeah. it, it's one of those like... We all let the guards down. We're all not game. We're no. We're not gunning for a handle or a relationship or anything like that. Sure. We can all finally just, how are you? Yeah. And actually mean it. And, just um, chill. Everybody loves that event as much as you know, and I do too. And I can't wait for it to be back this year. Yeah. So those are some of the big things um, that are happening in Beer Week. I don't. I'm not sure there's anything else that we have major going on. We're gonna have some small events around town. You know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nights and stuff like that. And if anything else major is coming up, stay tuned. It. 
at just follow us yeah. yeah we'll catch exactly. you up yeah <laughs> excellent dude well, hey i was gonna cheers but we, we everything's gone you have some left but that doesn't matter dude here, here take that oh yeah there is some there left go. hey cheers man it's good to good see you buddy you too, long buddy. overdue and mm-hmm. uh thanks to you guys for tuning in dude, absolutely this is uh this was uh well worth the wait my friend let's so. work on a collab room now maybe uh Maybe something for IPA day or something. Oh, I like that. Let's, I like uh, it. Let's plan it out. And, uh, I got this recorded now. Let's knock out a beer. Can't, can't uh, no turn him back, my friend. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. See you.